guys, how are ya? Sorry, I forgot to change the ticker. <laughs> oh, morning Bible study. Ah, oh, I'm losing it today. That's what happens when you try to rush stuff, right? Sorry about that, guys. Excuse me one moment. Oh. Here we go. All right. Hey, guys. It's Pastor Randy, a.k.a. Pastor Jace. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, wanted to get on this morning you know, we're going to continue our series here in um, the book of Romans. We're going to be here for a while, guys. So I hope you guys are buckled up and you guys are enjoying the series so far. Romans has a lot of meat in it and stuff. So that's why we're doing it. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be here for a while. So, guys, I hope you guys uh, are enjoying it. Um, guys, uh, just an announcement, guys. If you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. Uh, there's a prayer request tab there, and we'd love to pray for you. You know what I mean? Um, and just go ahead. I mean, we got a whole intercessory prayer team that's set up that prays over your prayer requests weekly or daily for a week and stuff like that or until we tell them not to stop praying for it. But usually, you know, they do it for a week. So if you guys would like to respond, uh, you can. So please give StreamYard your... Um, your uh, uh, access to your, your profile name on YouTube and, and, and Facebook. That way I can respond to you guys, um, you know, in kind when I'm looking through my notes and stuff like that. And the people that are on pot on, on the podcast, um, just so you guys know, we are on these podcasting platforms. We're on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. We're on Amazon podcasts, Spotify, we're on Stitcher, CastBox, we're on iHeartRadio, and we're also on TuneIn. So, guys, you guys check us out on those podcasting platforms. Um, let's get into this, man. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We just want to say thank you for all that you do in our lives, God. Thank you for all the blessings, Lord. Thank you that you're still God. And and you're 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 able to do what we cannot do, Lord. Use us today, um, as we go out into the world, whether it's school work or, or just play, Lord. That you do a mighty work in us, God. We thank you and we worship you, God. You're such an amazing dad, Lord. Get this lowly preacher out of the way and let your word go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Um. So, uh, let's get into this, man. Uh, you know, I, I love this. I, I do, man. You know, it's, I love preaching. You know, if, if I could make a living doing this, I would. But, you know, it, it's it's our view uh, that, you know, all the pastors here at Made Free Church, whether it's Made Free Church Uganda, Made Free Church California, or even here at Made Free Church Idaho, that we do not take a salary. Uh, Paul didn't. You know, Paul did take a lot of ties and stuff like that, but 
um, and people helped him, and and that's the whole purpose of giving. And you know what? I'm going to do a a series on on giving and, and why it's so important to give to you know your local ministries. Now we give to small ministries. You know what I mean? Uh, small, uh, you know here. You know what I mean? We give to our own church, and then our church gives to smaller ministries uh, to help them out. You know these big mega churches that I'm not okay with. You know um, they have the money. You know, they have the money. So we focus on the smaller ministries and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So uh, let's get into this, man. I, we're taking a little bit too much time. So let's get into this. So, um, you know, pastor and commentator Warren Worsby said this. It says, since Roman is a book of logic, it is a book of their force. And we have the therefore of condemnation in Romans 3.20, justification in Romans 5.1, no condemnation in 8.1, and dedication in Romans 12.1. See, in, in, in writing to the Romans, the Apostle Paul has demonstrated that the entire world is under righteous condemnation of God because of sin. Um, you know, we find that in, in chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 3, verse 20. But in his grace, God has provided his own righteousness to justify sinners. Then Paul uh, has explained the source of justification, which is 321 through 31, provided in an example of justification, chapter 4, verses 1 through 25, and discussed the blessings of justification, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, in which we examine in the last few Bible studies. Now today, Paul introduces another therefore in Romans uh, 5.12. Guys, I'm going to turn on... Um, holy crap. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to turn on any music today. I'm just going to let you guys focus on me for once. <laughs> I like to turn on music because it, it, it just gives a, a little thing, but I'm not going to worry about it today. Um... get my bearings so as i've said before where wherever you see the word therefore in scripture we must examine to see what it is there for right um paul is now about to explain the basis of justification in uh romans chapter 5 verses 12 to 21 which is the summary of all that he has said up to this point in his letter in romans uh 5 12 through 21 the apostle paul presents Adam and Christ as two representative figures whose acts determine the destiny of all who belong to them. Today I want to examine 12 through 14, which is uh, which we shall explore the work of Adam. However, let's read uh, chapter 5 verses 12 through 21 so that we can see the work of Adam in context of Paul's entire argument. Uh, so let's read that today. Bearing in mind of our of our text today is twelve through fourteen. Okay. All right. So it says this. Now I'm using the LSB, which is the Legacy Standard Version. Um, so yeah. Just so you guys know, it's just a, a, a it's just a 
on steroid of the NASB. It says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, there is, uh, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the trespass of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. But the gracious gift is not like the transgression, for if by the transgression of one, uh, of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And the gift is not like that which came through what the one who sinned, for the one handed the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation, but on the other hand, the gracious gift arose from many transgressions uh, from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness there uh, will reign in the life of uh, the one Jesus Christ. So then as though one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even even through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the ones, one man's disobedience, the many were appointed sinners, even so through the obedience of one, the many are appointed righteous. Now the law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abound all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through the righteousness, eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, uh, sometimes I get a little tongue-tied, so you guys are going to have to bear with me. Um, yeah, so guys, just bear with me on that. All right, so, all right, so, you know, John, John MacArthur points out in his commentary on the Romans is many people consider Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 21 to be the most difficult passage in the epistle. At first reading, it does seem a little bit difficult and complex, and in a sense, it really is. The truths that are contained in this section of God's word are deep and unfathomable. But when we approach the context and accept what is revealed in humble faith as the word of the living God, then the truths become wonderfully simple and clear. And as John MacArthur says, just as it is possible to accept and live in accordance with the law of gravity without fully understanding it, so it is possible for believers to accept and live according to God's truth without fully understanding it. And that's so true in a lot of different ways. So, in Romans chapter 5, verse 
12 to 21, the Apostle Paul contracts the work of Adam, the sinful representative head of all humanity, with the work of Christ, the sinless representative head of all redeemed humanity. Today, we'll, we'll examine the work of Adam and we shall see the reality, which is in chapter 5, verse 12a, the result, 512b, and the extent, 512c, and the universality, which is 513 through 14 of Adam's work. So let's examine the reality of Adam's work, right? In verse 12a, that's the beginning of the verse, guys, um, it says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man. In, in the first part of Romans 5, the Apostle Paul discusses the blessings of our justification. He has confidently asserted that Christians have an astonishing blessing as a result of being justified by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, right? Christians have peace with God, standing in grace, rejoicing in hope, rejoicing in suffering, God's love demonstrated, and the full salvation in Christ. See, Paul knows that this is a stupendous uh, claim, right? As Tim Keller notes, Paul is probably anticipating questions from realists as such as, how can you make such a confident claim in light of enormous power of death and sin now in the world? And how can one's person's sacrifice, noble as it was, bring about such an astonishing blessing to so many? In the rest of, of Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul explains how Jesus' sacrifice overcomes death, sin, and provides salvation for so many. Paul begins acknowledging that sin came into the world through one man. That one man, of course, being Adam. Now, I want you to notice that sin is did not originate with Adam. Paul is, is a gifted theologian, and he carefully notes that sin came into the world through one man. Sin, of course, originated with Satan, and from Satan came into the world through Adam, right? Now, after, uh, after God cre uh, created the place, Adam in, you know, after God created and placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis 2, 15 through 17, he says this, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You shall, you may shall surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat, you shall surely die. Adam had only one single simple command to obey. But the consequence of disobeying that command was, was catastrophic. See, After God gave Adam this command, he created Eve, who joined Adam as his companion and helper. Satan went to Eve and tempted Eve and tempted her to disobey God's command that had been clearly given to Adam. She went, she in turn went to Adam, and together they disobeyed God's clear command to Adam. Right? Now this is important to note. Although Eve disobeyed first, the primary responsibility for the sin was Adam's. Why? There are two reasons for this. First, 
The command to obey God had been given directly by God to Adam, not Eve. God held Adam, not Eve, primarily responsible for obeying his direct command. And second, God had given Adam authority over Eve and Adam should have resisted on their mutual obedience rather than allow her to lead him into disobedience. So God held Adam responsible for the sin that came into the world. Another point I want you to notice is that Paul is, says that sin, singular, is not sins, plural, came into the world. What, the, what does he mean by that? John MacArthur rightly points out that sin does not represent a particular unrighteous act, but rather an inherent uh, propensity to unrighteousness. In other words, as a result of his disobedience, Adam received his sin nature. And it is that sin nature that he passed on to all his prosperity. Right? Just as Adam passed on the physical nature of his prosperity, and so he also passed on the spiritual nat uh, nature to his prosper uh, prosperity. Right? And that spiritual nature is characterized by sin. So the reality of Adam's work is that sin entered the world through Adam. In April 2008, Presbyterian Church New Horizon Magazine put out a story of a three little girl named Sophia uh, who was learning the catechism, right? And she was asked the question, did Adam keep the covenant words? In other words, did Adam obey God in the Garden of Eden? And she correctly answered, no, he sinned against God. Then she paused and looking soberly at her mother and added this, somebody needs to spank Adam. Well, I believe that Adam was indeed spanked. That brings us to the next truth regarding Adam's work. And that second result of Adam, and, and, and it's the second we notice the result of Adam's work, right? And in and, and verse 12b, uh, Paul says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. Now, we could say that that was a spanking that Adam received was death. The consequence of his sin was death. Now, when God created Adam, he created him without uh, uh, mortality. So, that is, Adam was not subject to death, but if Adam obeyed God's one single simple command in the Garden of Eden, he would have to continue to live forever, but God warned Adam that if he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that he would surely die. And that was indeed the consequence of Adam's disobedience. Death was the consequence of sin. Now, what is meant, meant by death? In essence, death is separation. And, the, and in the Bible, there are several, several kinds of death. First, there's a physical death, right? That is a separation from life. Though Adam did not uh, uh, did not die physically and immediately, he became subject to physical death the moment that he sinned. His body began to age and deteriorate, and eventually he died physically. Second, there is a spiritual death. 
That is the separation from God in this life. Adam experienced the separation from God immediately when he was banished, when God banished him from, from him and Eve from the garden. He was not able to enjoy a personal relationship with God and he was spiritually separated right, from God. And the third is eternal death. Right? This is separation from God after physical death. Right? This is called the second death in scripture in Revelation 21.8. And it's accompanied by torment and hell for all eternity. Now, if you're not yet a Christian, you should fear all three deaths. Physical death closes any future opportunity for salvation. Spiritual death prevents any true joy on earth. And eternal death means everlasting torment. Is that what you really want? Or do you want what every Christian has? See, a Christian experiences death, but its sting is gone. Although faith in Christ as Christians has an abundant and the eternal life instead of a spiritual and eternal death. So result of Adam's work is death. Third, the extent of Adam's work, right? In verse 12c, it says this, Therefore, just as sinners came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. See? Because Adam sinned, not only did he die, but death spread to all men. No human being is ever going to escape death. Now, someone say, wait a minute. Weren't there some people in the Bible who did not die? Well, there were two people who did not die physically. Enoch in Genesis 5.24 and Hebrews 11.5 and Elijah in 2 Kings 2.11, right? They were both taken up to heaven. They did not spirit, they did not experience a physical or eternal death. However, they are both they were both spiritually dead before they trusted the Lord and received the gift of eternal life. Even Jesus died physically. However, he did not die because of his own sin, but he died because of our sin that he bore. Right? Now, it is interesting to note exactly what the Apostle Paul is teaching in this verse when he says, and so death spread to all men because all sin. At first glance, we may think that the reason all men die is because of their own sinful deeds. All men inherit a sin nature from Adam. Thus, death spread to all men because all men sin. Now, there's... There are two reasons why this is not an incorrect interpretation. First, infants die, and even though they have a sinful nature, they have not yet sinned any actual sin. So clearly, infants die, but because of any actual sins that they actually really even committed. The second reason is why all men do not die of their own sinful deeds is because of the tense that Paul used for sinned, it's 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 a it's a uh, auroris tense, which Greek auroris tense means that the single action in the past has present continuing effects. What Paul is saying here is that one point in time all men sinned. That of course was the time when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. 
So the reason all men die is because of Adam's sin. The reason people die is not because they sin like Adam, but they sinned in Adam. In theology, we call this we call this federal headship, right? The word federal comes from the Latin word theodus, right, which means covenant, right? Um, a federal head is a person who, through covenant relationship, represents or stands in for someone else. In former times, the Eastern culture and in, in Eastern cultures, they is considered legitimate for someone to have this relationship to you by birth or by assignment. In Western society, we typically only recognize the legitimacy of such persons we are voluntarily choose to be in a relationship with. For example, we choose someone to have power of attorney over, all, over our affairs. We allow that person to make legal transaction with some uh, with, with our assets or and even our lives that is fully binding. Another example of uh, uh, is the is the power that we give to elected representatives. We allow our representative, for instance, to declare war. Right? People don't vote whether or not we we declare war. There's a reason that is necessary to make quick, full, and fully informed decisions. That is not usually possible to take the time to inform people before such a decision needs to be made. Therefore, when a representative acts on our behalf, their action becomes our actions. If our federal representative declares war on another country, we cannot say that we're not at uh, we cannot say that we're not at war. Yes, we are. If our representatives have declared war, then we have to declare war. Tim Keller is very helpful at this point. I know some of you guys don't like Tim Keller, but I do. Uh, he points out that when it comes to our text, the rub for many of us is twofold. First, we do not like the idea of someone else representing or standing in for us. We say, it's not fair I should be, that I should be condemned for what someone else did. I should be able to represent myself. But second... And, and even if we grant federal headship is legitimate, we don't like the fact that we did not choose our federal head. What strikes us unfair is that we did not elect Adam as our federal head. It, 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 it's worse than a presidential election, even though our preferred candidate did not win the election, or at least we had a chance to cast our vote in order to elect him, but with Adam, we didn't even get a vote. You see, we would want someone to represent us who really would prefer be our like our preferred candidate, and 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 who would represent our views and our perspectives. But if we think of it the way Keller said, uh, the way that that Tim Keller says, we are on the verge of understanding how God did it. First, no one could choose a representative for us as well as God could. Do you honestly think that we could have made a better choice of a federal head than God? Now, as soon as we ask that question, we realize that God is in a much better position to choose a representative than we ever could. But second, 
God did not simply choose Adam to be our uh, uh, our federal representative. He created him to be our federal representative. He created him. He created the absolute perfection and designed to act exactly as we would have acted in the same situation. So we cannot say we would have done a better job because that would mean that we would have been we would have been or chosen a better representative than God did. And of course, that's really impossible, right? God created the perfect representative of, and all humanity would either succeed or fail in Adam. And unfortunately, sin came into the world through that one man, Adam, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because of all sin in Adam. And finally... Look at the university of uh, universality of, of of Adam's work, right? In 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 verses thirteen through fourteen, for it says this: for sin indeed came into the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who were sinning, was not like the transgression of Adam, who was the type of the one who was to come. See, what Paul, what Paul does here, right? What, what he means when, when he says that sin is not counted where there is no law. It is clear that sin was in the world before the law was given. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, the one whom the law was given. Basically, what Paul is saying here is that after the giving of the law, people could count or note a specific transgression of one of the Ten Commandments. However, the reason death reigned is because of the sin of Adam that was credited to all people, or all is prosperity, or prosperity, right? In verse 14, Adam called the type of the one who was to come. Paul is anticipating the rest of his argument in which he contrasts the work of Adam with the work of Christ. Now, Adam is a type or a picture of Christ. Adam came from the earth, but Christ came from the Lord in heaven in, in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, uh, 47. Now, Adam was tempted in the garden, surrounded by beauty and love, but Christ was tempted in the wilderness and again, on the cross, surrounded by ugliness and hatred. Adam was a thief and was cast out of paradise, but Christ turned to the thief and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. In Luke 23, 43. The Old Testament, right? In Genesis 5.1, the book of the generations of Adam, and it ends with, in Mal a curse in Malachi 4.6. But in the New Testament is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, and ends with no more curse in Revelation 22.3. So in these verses, we note the reality, which is in 5.12a, the result 5.12b, the extent 5.12c, the universality in 13-14 through 14 of Adam's work. Guys, you cannot help b 
being an atom because this came about as a result of our first birth over which you had no control. But you can help stain an atom because you experienced a second birth, a new birth from above that puts you in Christ. If, if, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, call out to God. Hey, what's happening, man? Uh, uh, you know, we, we have to understand that if you're not a, if you're a backslidden Christian, come back to Christ. Call out to God. Ask for forgiveness, right? Man, it's just amazing that we get to be in Christ. We get to have that in Christ, guys. And and I want to tell you something. All you got to do is chase after him, thirst for his word. You know what I mean? That's all you got to do. Get in a Bible-believing church, whether it's an you know, I, I, I would say, you know, if 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 you guys are here and, and, and on podcasts and you guys listen to the podcast, I thank you for that. Um, you know, get into a Bible-believing Sola Scriptura church, guys. Get into it. Get into it. You know, that, that's preaching the full counsel of God. Stay away from the charismatic. Stay away from the NAR. Stay away from all those people that are not preaching the full counsel of God. Right? Guys, I'm glad that you're here. This is the end of what we have today. So grateful. Guys, we have planted a new church. Just a couple more announcements. And we're seeking your guys' support. Please go to madefreechurch.org. Click on the Made Free Church Idaho you can give through our PayPal link. We need a pulpit. We need chairs. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we need. Um, so if you guys can support us, please leave your email address because we are a 501c3. We can give you a tax deductible receipt for your taxes, guys. And guys, if you guys like to uh, you know, support Made Free Church as a whole, you can do that. Go to Made Free Church. There's a giving tab. You can give three ways through a cash app. You can send a check or money order to the address provided on the website, or you can give through our PayPal link. But again, leave your guys' email addresses so we can send you a tax deductible receipt. Okay? Uh, and also, guys, if you guys guys to check out my personal website, my blog site, you can go to reformpastor.me, reformedpastor.me, or reformedpastor.net, and you can check us out there. And guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this journey that we have through Romans. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, Lord. We just ask the Lord that you bless our hands and feet today as we go about our day. We thank you and we worship you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You guys go. We love you. We're praying for you. Remember, if you guys need prayer, go to madefreechurch.org. And uh, take care, guys. Thank you.